Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. Welcome listeners to episode 13 of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. Hi Joe. how are you getting on this week? Yeah, I'm good thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been great weather so we've been able to um, get out, walk the dog, have a run around. It's been lovely. It's great and listeners, as you know, we recorded the first um, 12 of our episodes over a two-week period in the really difficult lockdown period that everybody around the world has been through at some point or another. And we're now emerging from that, and we are now into our second block of 12 episodes. So over the coming episodes, you're going to hear from lots of different people, and the experience of coming out of lockdown will start to feature because we've recorded them at a later date to the earlier ones. So how is it for you in the UK coming out of lockdown now, Joe? You said you can get out for walks. Uh, well, different things are starting to open up. Um, we've had dates for the hairdressers to open. Um, we've had dates for restaurants and cafes to open. Um, and life feels like it's slowly starting to get back to normal. Um, but again, there are still the restrictions around social distancing, um, using masks in shops and those kinds of things. So we're still being very precautionary, but life is starting to move slowly back to whatever normal sort of feels like. Yeah. And this, yes, here it opened up quite a number of weeks ago, uh, and we've actually had huge spikes in numbers uh, because everything opened up very fast. They went, you know, like from zero to 100 in yeah. a few days rather than in stages, which I think the UK is doing it in stages. Uh, but I think it's, 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 we're in this for the long haul anyway. But yeah. um, so what have you been doing work-wise? What, uh, what nice juicy project have you been working on? So, a um, couple of uh, different active campaign projects, doing some automations. Um, some of them are mirrored, and some of them I've been helping somebody to plot out how their automations could run and looking at the options and linking to the various different projects that they've got in their back end system. So, that's been quite a nice, uh, meaty couple of pieces of work. Yeah, right up your street, those. Right yeah. up your street. Yeah. Well, as everybody knows, I launched the Teams for Trainers, Speakers and Coaches yeah. course um, a few weeks ago now, and I've had a few people buy into that, which is lovely, and I've had some really good feedback on that. So, listeners, if you're a VA and you support a coach, shameless plug going on here. Um, yeah. If you support a trainer, a speaker, or a coach, and you, they have been asked by their client to deliver via Teams, then um, take a look at train, teams for trainers, speakers and coaches. And with that in mind, and talking about delivering and being in front of people, that leads nicely into our guest expert this week, who is the wonderful John Cassidy. Now, John is the headshot guy, or is it the headshot guy? I never know how to pronounce that. And um, we recorded this interview with him a couple of weeks ago. 
and it was an absolute joy to have a chat with him. So I'm not going to say anything else because we cover everything in the interview. So I'm going to go and um, get that interview queued up for you. See you in a minute. Welcome to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. And our guest this week, as we mentioned earlier, is the wonderful John Cassidy, who is the headshot guy or the headshot guy. I never know whether it's the or the, but never mind. And um, I've known John, ooh, I think I first met you around 2007, which was roughly when I joined Academy, uh, which was a, a great network at the time. Um, so it's a long time, isn't it? It is, that is. <laughs> it must have been, because that's just when I first started to get into the world of online networking, social networking, and indeed headshots. Yeah, it was, um, it was a brilliant network uh, set up by Thomas and Penny Power. And it, was, it combined both the online and the offline, which I think was so unique about it. Um, I yeah. used to go every Thursday to a big meeting. I think it was, I can't remember if it was every week or once a month, but at the Tower Hotel. And before that, it was somewhere else. I can't remember where it was. Oh, it was at the Grosvenor Hotel in central London. And uh, we used to go and there'd be hundreds of people there. So you really actually got to meet the people you were chatting with online. And uh, Facebook and LinkedIn weren't so big in those days. So uh, it was, it was a, a, met some really, made some fantastic connections that I'm still in touch with. Absolutely. I presume you are as well, John. Are you still in touch with lots of people? Yes, yeah, there, there's quite a few people. I and mean, we've sort of gone, you know, from Academy and such, but we still meet up and... Uh, you know, online and offline, well, not so much yeah. offline these days, but uh, it's always good to catch up. With yeah, it is. When we can do. Yeah, so do you want to tell our listeners um, and our viewers, because some people will watch this on YouTube and some people will just listen to the podcast on their phones or by the webpage. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the background for the Headshot Guy and how it came to be? John? Yeah, of course. Well, I've been, a, I've been a photographer all my working life. Um, I spent 17 years in the Royal Air Force finishing up doing all their PR photography. Um, one of the highlights of, of that career was actually photographing the Queen at uh, St. James's Palace, officially. Wow. Um, so I had to go along to uh, St. James's Palace to photograph the Queen. This was back in the days of film as well. So I photographed her before they went into a formal dinner and then went away, processed the film, printed it up in colour, framed it and then took it back to the palace. So when they came out of the dinner, I always stood there with the photograph. <laughs> wow. wow. So, uh, no, no, no pressure, but um, no, it was fantastic. And then actually got to present the photograph to the Queen afterwards. And, uh, you know, it was nice having a little chat with them. And uh, yeah, it was uh, very, uh, very rewarding. I, I didn't end up in the Tower of London, so I must have done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have to come and visit you there then. <laughs> And then um, 99, I, I, I left the RAF and started working freelancing, really, for the Times. My last job in the Royal Air Force, I was doing all their sort of PR photography. So I got some relationships with some newspapers and started getting some pictures published in those, which is always, always nice to see. And uh, started doing a bit of freelancing for the Times and actually making the sports and sports features. Um, and the sports features was all about people, you know, it's meeting people mm -hmm. at uh, various, you know, other events or in, in hotels and, and just listening to their stories and trying to come up with a, a great portrait for them to, to accompany the article in the newspaper. Um, 2008, you know, just around that time, 
the recession started, the newspapers started to cut back on all their on all their sort of freelance staff. Um, and I was looking around what else I could do. Didn't want to go into the traditional sort of weddings and, and family type photography. And you know, as we just said, you know, Academy and sort of LinkedIn were just about starting. Everyone had profiles on there, so I, I saw the need for people to have a a great photograph on their profile to represent themselves. Um, and so, hence, you know, the headshot journey started, which is now sort of twelve years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. So, is it just you, John, or have you got have you got other people working with you? Because I remember going to um, one of the business shows in the last year or so. I've been speaking. I've ended up on the speaking circuit a bit at the office. What used to be called the office show is now the PA show, uh, and there was a headshot guy there, and I was very excited. And it wasn't you; it was somebody else. <laughs> well, I, I've actually licensed the brand, so I've got a number of associate photographers on board. Ah, uh, right. Um, so I'm trying to do what well, I'm doing, sort of the, the sales and marketing and the, the that side of the business and bringing photographers in. I mean, reason being because we got I got so busy out mm. doing all this stuff on my own all the time. You know, I didn't have capacity, um, and the, the audience is huge. I mean, funny you should mention the office shows, all these. All these photographs behind are from the office show, actually. There's some recognisable faces in the background. Yeah, recognisable faces. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So yeah. we, we, we wanted to ask you a few things about photographs. So, Joe, do you want to kick off with, with your question? Yeah. I, working from a, a VA perspective, what makes a good headshot? Um, is it the, the modern trend for outdoors or is it as the ones behind you with that plain grey background and, and why? Well, the, the ones on the back, you know, they're, they're, they've got the plain background. I think, you know, keep it simple. Um, yeah. A lot of our stuff is with big companies, so they want consistency. So hence, you know, it, it's keeping that. I mean, what we can do afterwards if, with images, we can cut them out anyway and put yeah. a different background. As we sometimes do for clients especially those who've got offices in, in, in multiple locations. Um, it's, a lot of it's down to personal choice. I mean, background is, is important, so it's not distracting. Um, if you've got you know, lots of things in the background that's drawing your attention away from the face, I mean, that's what, what it's all about. It's about you know, having a good um, attention to the face, you know, a good expression, something yeah. that's warm, that's engaging. I say it's all about the face. F-A-C-E, and my, that's my little acronym, it's about friendly, approachable, confident, and engaging. Mm -hmm. And that's the elements that you've really got to look for in a photograph. The other things, you know, there's cosmetic things as well in there. Um, but the, say the background, again, is, and same again, black and white or colour, is a lot of it's down to personal choice. Yeah. And we, we I was wondering, um, you talk a lot about on your on your LinkedIn profile, it's what I was looking at this morning um, about lighting up your face. Yeah. So you know, lighting is so important. I've got two lights here for my video. I do a lot of training on video now, a lot of online stuff. So if I have lights, never used to. Um, how important is light and where it's placed? Light is very important. I mean, the lighting people up—that's a little a, a little play on both things. So my purpose in life is to light people up. 
and actually lighting people up from the inside. Yeah. And obviously we light people up from the outside, literally when we take the photographs. Um, but it's more, for me, it's more about trying to get something out from, from the inside to really to, to get them to light up in front of the camera so they can attract those whose lives they're, they're here to change, you know, the, those people. Um, Lighting is very, obviously, very important, getting in the right light. I mean, I'm sat inside today, but I've got a nice big window in front of me, so it's a nice soft light. Um, try to avoid getting, you know, having photographs taken in harsh light outside, for example. You know, it's a nice sunny day today, but we always, we don't, us photographers don't necessarily like bright sunshine. It's always finding nice, soft, diffused light. So it just sort of blends in with the features. Um, we can, you know, use more, you know, harsher light, but uh, especially well for, for ladies with for a, like a softer light, um, it's more flattering. Yeah, much more flattering. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I know when I've played with a ring light, and also then it reflects off your glasses if the light's okay. in the wrong place. Um, so I used to, I, ha I bought one. I had this fabulous light, and it gave the most beautiful light. Um, and I recorded a test video, all excited about my new light. Loved the light, but couldn't see my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about physics. You know, it's angles of angles of incidence, angles of reflection. So you've got to think about if you are wearing glasses, then if you've got the light coming directly towards them, then they're going to directly reflect back. Yeah. So if you have the light sort of further apart, more, more than a 45 degree angle, and it's, it's a balance. Everything's a balance in photography. Yeah. You know, it's a balance of getting the light from right, so you've got enough um, light on the face and not, uh, you know, if you're wearing glasses, not getting that, yeah. that reflection. And the problem is as well, a lot of the glasses these days, that the, the lenses have got a coating on them, and the blue coating is really, really bad to try and get rid of. It's all done for the screens, but it's, it's sometimes a bit of a challenge to, uh, to, to get rid of that. We sometimes use a bit of trickery, where we take photographs of people without the glasses and with the glasses, and we can do a little bit of magic in Photoshop afterwards yeah. to get rid of those reflections yeah how much work do you have to do post photo shoot to the photo photo photographs that you get we try not to do too much at all to be honest with you because it's actually got to look like the person that's in front of the camera i mean that's that's what we're trying to yeah. record um we'll obviously do loose hairs and things well unless you like me obviously with, with no loose hairs <laughs> <laughs> but we do little tidy ups and loose hairs little bits and pieces but i mean i'm our role, our job is to get everything right in the camera right from the get-go um, and to coach people as to what to do when they're in front of the camera. A lot of people, they're nervous that you stand there and just hope you're going to take a great photograph. <laughs> it's actually, it's a two-way thing. I mean, there's quite a lot of work that goes into that from the, from the talent point of view. Yeah, the person we're actually photographing, they've got to put in the effort as well. They can't just say, if they just stand there, this is where a lot of people... You know, they take the selfies and all that. You stand there and take the photograph, and that's what they see, and they're happy with that because because that's what they see. We see more. We see further and and, and see what people need to be doing. Uh, you know, by turning the body around and pushing the head down and pushing the you know pushing the uh, the face forward just to to get rid of some of this and to get more more definition in the jawline. So what we do is more about coaching the person. And to get them confident in front of the camera, most people hate having their photographs taken. Mm. You know, and that shows, I mean, part of my you know, our, our job is to get people 
up to a level where they where they they forget about the cameras even there. You know, a lot of it's not about the photography; it's about the engagement process to get people confident and relaxed, and then just get those natural shots of people as they as they're smiling naturally. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, um, what tips do you have for? Um, people who don't feel confident about having their photo taken for whatever reason and there are plenty of us that don't you know enjoy that whole moment in the spotlight as it were there, there are the thing is I, I, I say is it's no difference to walking around you know we all walk around and and everybody's looking at us and it's no different to that it's just when the when the lights are on and the cameras in front of you, then there's almost that sort of subconscious pressure to perform, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's the bit we have to get people over that little thing. We'll just ignore the camera, ignore, ignore the lighting. I mean, the tips are, I mean, I always get people standing up when we, when we take photographs because they you know, they can stand at the back a lot straighter, look confident. Um, I tend to, to sideways on, so turn the shoulders around. Yeah. Rather than uh, you know, if you're standing like this, you 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 know, you almost hold that number up, and you look like something. <laughs> well, just just turn at a slight angle. Some some people are best one side, some people are better the other side, um, and that's something. Yeah, everyone I think's got a more natural side that looks more comfortable. Uh, so turning the shoulders slightly on, head down, pushing the head forward slightly, and it just tightens up the jawline a little bit here. And actually helps you look a bit more engaged as well. Mm. A lot of the old style corporate type photographs are but yeah, people standing up like this and it's almost <laughs> like, go away, I don't want to talk to you. But it's one that engagement. So actually when you're leaning forward, you're almost drawing people into your photograph as well. And that helps, you know, you're drawing people into your profile. Come on, yeah, I want to find out more. Um, and it's like when we're in conversation, you know, when you're really in deep conversation, you, you, you come in closer. And, uh, and really pay attention. Yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, you took my first professional, pro proper professional photographs when I had the, the IT training surgery, which I sold last year, by the way, but um, that's an aside. So you took my photograph and also I got all my guys in, all my associate trainers, and we did a whole photo shoot of everybody. And then um, I now look older than I did then, because it was about 10 years ago. So how often do you recommend that people have their headshot updated? Or is there anything specific that you think should precipitate that, should make that happen? What should you be thinking about? I think, um, well, from a business point of view, every year. <laughs> but that's not Obviously, you'd like them as often as possible. But, <laughs> but uh, I think if you've got any change, you know, if you've got a change in appearance, you know, we have to... We can't escape the aging process. We're all getting older. Um, you know, it's nice to have a, you know, a record, a record of that. But I think if you've got a, you know, a change in appearance, a change in hairstyle, a change in looks, a change in your brand as well, anything yeah. that, that, and also just a refresh. I mean, one of the things is when you put a photograph up, a new photograph, people see it and then they comment, and that's that's. Um, it's a good engagement point, you know, it's a good contact point there for people to say, oh, wow, you just changed your photograph. Um, and so that can start a conversation. So anything, you know, changing jobs. And also to have, if you are having a session, having a session is to get a, a range of images. So you can periodically change yeah. them. So you're not using the same image. And you can use, you know, different images. 
different images on different platforms and also a range of images that you can use on your website for example you've got the nice headshot the, the front and center picture for your brand but also some other images so as people go deeper into the website there's more images of you which you can use as you know to as headers for blog articles and things like that yeah now that's a really good tip i i uh, actually it wasn't last pa show it was the one before um i actually had a whole day shoot with somebody um and she did um two, well, we did two things one was a brand shoot for me for headshots and things and we took most of them in a coffee shop Funnily enough, I drink a lot of coffee. So we took most of them in a coffee. I'd written a book about, an Excel book about coffee. So we took the pictures in a coffee shop. Seemed to be appropriate. Uh, but then I wanted uh, action shots of me speaking because people know I speak, but I didn't have anything showing that. Um, so that was quite good. That, that was quite funny. And, and that, from, from a speaker point of view, was great because you really are so focused on what you're doing that you've got no idea the photographer's even there. So... That and that's that's the best images you know those candid images we yeah. can uh, sometimes we do that in the studio and it's one of the hardest things to do is to get somebody to like trying to talk to, to nobody um yeah we just try and get them engaged i mean just you know using the hands and things like that and just trying to emphasize words and things like that so it looks natural um one of the problems if trying to do it live is you're not totally in control of the situation from a photographer's point of view, so you know, the background might not be right, the lighting might not be right, so we can recreate that in the studio. Yeah. But, um, you know, but having that range of images, and also having a range of images is holding up, as if you're holding up a, a whiteboard or something like that, and you can write messages on those, and there's lots of, sort of marketing me types shots that you can use. You know, if you've got a product, you can, you, you, you know, you can almost be sort of holding your hand and, and doing this sort of thing, a nice animated shots. And we can what an interesting idea. I've we, never thought of that. I've seen people do that, you know, in, in other people's imagery, but it had never occurred to me that that I could do that. And I yeah. don't know why. Isn't that why? The person I work with on marketing, uh, when I told her I was having the photo shoot, she said, make sure you get pictures looking up so that we could use it um, on the website. So the eyes are looking up there and we put a notice up there. And mm. so your eyes, because um, people will follow your eyes in a photograph. Uh, it's, it's been scientifically, when I teach PowerPoints, one of the things I talk about um, that, you know, when you put a picture in a presentation and you've got text, your eyes should be looking at the text. Yeah. Or... Um, Leaving that space on that side, so you're almost looking in, and that draws yeah. people in, into it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. LinkedIn's, for example, the profile is on the uh, on the on one side of the page, but then when you open it, it comes in the centre. So you really should be sort of looking into the page, really, to for for, for your bio. And then you've got the the banners on the LinkedIn pages mm -hmm. as well. So a good place to have the photograph is on the as you're viewing it on the right hand side, looking back in just maybe text on the banner. And that's where these other images come in useful. Um, you know, you can do point, pointy fingers and, and all sorts of things. Uh, so you've got a nice sort of library of stuff that you can use yeah. to, to add to afterwards. So how many shots would you normally suggest people aimed for on a, on a, on a good photo shoot? It, it really depends on what they were doing, really. You know, it, a lot of, the companies we work for is one or two 
we, we, we aim to get one or two great photographs out of it. But if you're building your brand and you've got lots of products and you've got a big website and things like that, then a whole, whole selection, you know, <clears throat> you can never have too many photographs of yourself. <laughs> I mean, what we'd normally do as well is we'd take a whole selection and then they would be in the library anyway. So people could order the, the, the two or three they wanted, but then, you know, if they want to come back and order more at a later stage, it's having to think about all potential uses. Um, you know, your photographer should have a chat with you before your shoot to find out what your what your requirements are, where you're going to be using them, how you're going to be using them, and suggest other ways of using them. This is all part of your personal brand. I'm not so keen on the term personal brand, but it's a, one of those yeah. one of those things. It's, it's, it's your brand, brand you. So it's nice to have you know, a selection of images and other collateral which you can use to help promote you, especially these days when we're, when we're all now you know, working from home a lot more, we're, we're, we're distanced and um, you know, people are, are finding you online. Yeah, and um, there was another question popped into my mind about that personal brand, yeah. So what you mentioned about um, your photographer should have a chat with you. So what's the sort of questions you would be asking um, a subject for your photographs? Would you be touching on make, hair, clothes and makeup, for example? Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's all, it is part of that brand process, you know, to find out if they've got any specific colours that they have got for, <clears throat> for their brand, um, what their key messaging is, how they would like to look, what their purpose is as well, all these things help. And when we're, in com when we're photographing people, we're in that conversation and talking about their ideal client. So they're in that zone, they're almost looking at their, thinking about their ideal client rather than just standing there. Um, yeah. All sorts of things, you know, they, they, there's a lot of things to do, you know, preparation. It's not just turning up at the studio, it, it's having some, you know, about what, how you want to look, what you're going to be wearing, what colours work best with you. Um, you know, do you need to go and see a, a hairstylist and, and get, um, you know, go and see the hygienist and get your teeth whitened and things like that before the shoot? Um, so there's a lot of pre, you know, preparation before. And then there's also afterwards as well, is where you're going to use that image. Is it just going to be for LinkedIn? Are you launching a website? Um, are you launching a series of podcasts and things like that and blog articles where you're going to need a bigger range of images? So I've got about about 30 or 40 questions that we generally ask clients before they come in. So we get a good real picture of what they're about. And that also helps us as well because it's all about, you know, we're having the photograph there. It's all about connecting people. It's all about, you know, standing out, attracting people, connecting to them, and then, you know, working together. That's like the people that are looking for you to help them or if you're looking for someone to help you. Um, and I like that connecting people because that's what I try and do as well. And the more I can find out about people, the more I know, well, actually, I need to connect you to so-and-so because, you know, another client, and I think there could be a useful fit there. So there's lots of other stuff that comes out of the shoots that, um, that, that are intangibles, as it were. Yeah. You can't measure those. Can't measure those. Really Josie, do you have another question? 
Um, to be honest, John has, has given so much. He's answered the, the question I had about, you know, the different styling. Um, I thought it was really useful hearing about how we could use photography, you know, for that holding something up. That had never occurred to me. Um, would you actually hold something up in the photo, John, or would you just sort of put your hands as if well, you were holding? If, if you had something, yeah, but I mean, with Photoshop, we can drop things in. I mean, if a lot of people, you know, we hold up a whiteboard and you can just write any text on there after any yeah. call to action. Um, if you are having a product, I mean, it's quite simple, you know, it's just holding the hands and, and, and this watching where the, where the fingers are. And then you can drop in a product there if you've got a book or a, a course or something like that. Mm. You know, it's possible to, to, to drop those in afterwards. So you don't necessarily need to have the product there. You're just getting the right. It's making sure that the angles are right and, you know, the eyes are in the right position. That's um, really interesting. I would never, I, I, would that have occurred to you, Shelley? N never in a million years for me. Well, it ha it ha well only because I've done it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not holding something up, but looking in a particular location and putting text on that location. Um, but I think, you know, when I get my next series of, of headshots, I don't know when that will be, um, then I will be doing more active shots, so to speak. So um, that's really cool. So, and it's not just um, expression, it's not just with the hands, it's also facial expressions as well. If you're good at acting, you know, those you know, shot, you know, those, those yeah. real fun yeah. shots, because they, they, again, we get those, we capture those naturally when we're doing this session, because it's all about making people laugh and capturing those moments and capturing the residual laughter. Um, but putting faces, we call it a bit of facial aerobics. Yeah. It's always good fun, especially, because some people come in and you think, you know, it's interesting, the psych I love the psychology of the people. And some people come in and you think, oh, this person's going to be, more difficult to photograph and you'll say something and and they'll react and you're right this is going to be a fun session because we want fun out of it as well and just to pull some faces they need to warm up the facial muscles because that, that's a great but also part of that um part of that connection that that sort of trust that bonding process that we go through um uh, with with the clients we need to connect with them and, and then take them to to the level where we need to get their capture their personality so and those fun shots can you know outtakes or but they can, they can be of valuable use as well. Yeah, oh, really great. John, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you again today. And uh, I'm sure our VA listeners will have some thoughts for when they can next get out and get their own headshots. And yeah. I'd urge anybody that has a website, a LinkedIn profile or whatever, to have a really good headshot because it does make a difference. People won't connect with you if they can't recognize you. Um, you know, and at the beginning, I, I know in the beginning on LinkedIn, you, you'd see all these profiles without a photograph, just yeah. like a circle. And you're thinking, the egg. yeah, I'm not talking to that person's connecting with me. Yeah. I don't know who they are. So uh, I, I think um, I think I would urge anybody to, to have a good headshot. Uh, that would be about great. that trust process, you know, is that yeah. trust you can see they, they actually, you know, they are a human being. Um, you know, sometimes if those anonymous ones, people think, well, what else are they trying to hide? You know, what, what's wrong? And we're all used to it. And it's, it's, it's about being, you know, being digitally minded these days and, and mm -hmm. being with the programmers of work, you know. Um, it's our face. It's, it's, our, it's our 
key selling point. You know, so your your face is your brand. You know, yeah. that's that's what you know. People don't want to connect with a logo or something. No, yeah. they connect with your face, definitely, definitely. Well, thank you. As again, once again, thank you very much for coming. We're going to stop there, and um, great, lovely catching up with you. Likewise, Shelley and Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Joe, wasn't that a fantastic episode with John? I'm so pleased he agreed to come on the podcast with us. It, it was really, really interesting. You always think of a headshot as being that very formal, corporate, sit there, white or grey background behind you. And it was a really great idea that John gave us about thinking about how you can position yourself as if you're holding a speech bubble or holding up a, a sort of a template where you can put content in for your social media. That, that was a really, really interesting um, thought that, that's kind of going through my mind. I've never done that with any of my headshots. How about you, Shelley? Yeah, well, then when I had my last headshots taken, which was with the, the wonderful Marie-Claire Ashcroft, actually, not with John, um, sadly, but um, he wasn't available at the time. So I was speaking at the PA show, not the one that was in 2020, the one that was in 2019. And I was delivering a session on Excel. And uh, I got Anne-Marie Claire to come and photograph me in action. So I've actually got action shots of me speaking, of the board, of the PowerPoint and all that kind of stuff. And then we went off and did a photo shoot, which we did in a coffee shop mainly, um, because I have an Excel book, which is set in a coffee shop. So <laughs> she thought that would be a good idea. Um, and we did a number of shots with me looking up into the corner. So, and in fact, if you go to my website uh, and you go on the blog page, you'll see that photo is at the top of my blog page with me looking up and the text for download this whatever yeah. it is. My ultimate tech guide is actually I'm looking at the button um, because one of the things I teach, I think I mentioned it in the episode, when um, you're designing a presentation and if you're using anything that's got a photograph of people in it, your reader or the viewer of that presentation will follow the person in the picture's eyes. And there's been some scientific research done, I've got a whole presentation on it actually, um, about um, they, they took a photograph of a, a baby in a nappy. They were doing some research about, about diapers or nappies. It was an American study. And they had this baby crawling. So when the baby was crawling to the right, the baby's eyes were looking to the right. And when the baby was just sitting there, very cute baby, is looking straight on. And they used some software that analyzes eye movement. And they, it hot-spotted on the picture where... Your, the people watching the computers were looking. It's very clever, this tech stuff. Uh, and in every single instance, the, the hotspots were where the baby's eyes were looking. Right. So um, it's, it's important to have shots where you're looking this way or looking that way. Um, and also whether you're looking into the page or not. So John mentioned about on LinkedIn, you want to be looking into the from the left looking in rather than looking away. You want to draw, right. pe draw people into you. So yeah, um, so yeah I, I kind of knew about that. So I have got a couple of shots like that. And 
I'm planning you know, to. Get I, I hadn't, and I hadn't even thought of it, but it's now on my shopping list um, for when I next um, do some updated photos. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so, thinking about cameras and, and images. What do you do for recording? I know you do an awful lot of recording. Are you using your webcam or have you got another setup? I have an external webcam. In fact, I've got two. <laughs> I'm greedy like that. I have one for Teams and one for Zoom because sometimes I'm recording uh, or, or Camtasia because if I'm recording a course, uh, if it's a course on Teams, then Teams needs its camera inside Teams to get the picture of me inside Teams. Uh, and Camtasia needs the camera to record me outside of Teams. So when I was using a laptop, I could do that with an internal camera and an external camera because I had the internal camera, which I would use for Teams because it was good enough for that. Um, but for my video recording, I always had an external webcam because you have much, much better quality in the same way that you really, if you're doing any serious recording work need to have an external microphone as well because everybody's laptop will have a different specification um, and they will you know you you can't guarantee the quality of either the camera or the microphone that's built into whatever system you've purchased whether that's a laptop or a desktop so i use a blue yeti microphone which is an external microphone but there's there's loads of them out there even a headset microphone is better than your desktop or laptop microphone. And when you're recording things, you need your camera and your microphone to be wired in. There's a great um, fashion to have Bluetooth or wireless so that we don't have all the connected wires. But unless you've got really, really high-end kit and adapters and all that kind of stuff, um, you can't guarantee getting the good sound that you would get with a wired connection, which is also from a point of view of your internet connection as well. So I record the podcast, I record my courses, I'm uploading them and I work on a wired connection. So if I was delivering this as a live training session and I want to make sure that my end of it is the best it can be, then I'm wired directly into my router um, via an ethernet cable. Because when you're wireless, you, you lose because it's got to get from here to there. Yeah. Uh, and you just lose, I, I don't remember what the technical word is, but it, it loses its in integrity, I suppose. Um, so yeah, so the, the cam going back to cameras, um, the webcam I use is a Logitech C920. Um, I think you can't get that one anymore. I think it's a 922 now whatever um, and that's what I use and I have used the, uh, the logic tech cameras are, are brilliant and there there is a range of them so get the one that fits your budget but definitely better than using your built-in webcam for serious stuff obviously if you're just on a zoom meeting and if you're just on Skype or you're just in teams and you're not doing this professionally you might not want to invest um, but if you are doing lots of video work, and now with remote working we are, it, it's a good investment to have an external camera and an external microphone. 
Yeah, I know that when we initially started the podcast, the sound quality at my end, because I hadn't thought about microphones or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I've gone down the road of investing in, in a microphone and, and the camera is the next piece of kit that I will look at doing for um, my grand plans to start recording later in the year. Oh, what are you going to be recording, Joe? Let's let our listeners have a sneak listen, unless you well, do, unless you keep it under wraps, of course. Well, for now, um, it's all part of the planning. I'm going to take some time out over um, August, and I'm going to sit and I'm going to do plan um, or, or plan out my content schedule. But I definitely need to add some better quality videos in there. So yeah. Um, watch this space as they say excellent excellent and perhaps another time we can have a chat about recording software as well I can talk through yeah that's what, a great I idea. what some of the other options are well I think we've waffled on long enough and kept our listeners listening listeners thank you very much for being with us um, at the last count, we'd had 978 downloads, which is very exciting. By the time this episode goes out uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm, I am anticipating that we'd have gone past the 1,000 downloads mark, which is the magic number. So yeah. do get in touch with us. You can get in touch with me, Shelley at Tomorrow's VA, or Joe at jlbsupportsolutions.co.uk. You can find our Facebook page at Virtually Amazing on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Shelley Fischel everywhere. Uh, and so is Joe. Joe is also on LinkedIn. Connect with us. Talk to us. Have a look at the courses in my course directory, which is off of the tomorrowsva.com website. Have a look at the services that Joe offers from her website. And uh, just get in touch. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, do let me know. So that's it for this week and we'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.